Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been a very busy week, just not in Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, quieter week on on Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, that will be represented by probably, I don't know, maybe 15% of the show being Fire Emblem Heroes, and then the, the later half, later... 65 percent or whatever do the math you you do the math folks it's it's late on a sunday night uh will be will be other fire emblem stuff so um i i for one can't can't wait to kick into this i'm just making sure my my computer's muted over here so it doesn't squawk at me uh but we're going to talk let's start things off with fire emblem heroes because we've got some banners uh we've got the tempest trials banner that will be on for another a couple days until the 18th uh, Linen Fiora's Battle until the 18th as well. The new power banner goes until the 21st. Hero Fest Part 3 goes until the 23rd of February. Hostile Springs until the 24th of February. Lovely Gifts until the 6th of March. Man, we're already heading into March. Uh, Grails Devoted until the 13th. Uh, Love Abounds until the 15th. And I'm going to circle back the Weekly Revival banner will be uh who are these folks i have it up here here what 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 alincia tana and innis those are all uh sacred stones characters aren't they maybe alincia isn't i think alincia is a um tellius character yeah i was gonna say but tana and is it tana tana and or maybe you know what i could be wrong uh, probably am. I think Innis is. I think I got if that is, one. If it is Tana, Tana is definitely a Sacred Stones. Okay. We've already met Tana in Sacred Stones. That's true. I thought She's I... not playable yet, but we met her. We haven't met Innis yet. No, not yet. That's her brother. Oh, okay. Well, those are the characters you can summon on. We'll be talking about Sacred Stones a little later in the show. Uh, Eddie, as always, yes. I want to start with you. How'd your summoning go? Well, uh, before we get into that, I didn't realize Fiora had a Bound Hero battle already before she was even released in a normal version. Damn it. Damn it. Florina. <laughs> yes, did I say Fiori? You, you did say Fiora. Maybe you said why. Fiorina, but... <laughs> I could have just pronounced it wrong. So, I'm, so full disclosure, I'm a little sleepy. Yeah. Just, uh, just wrapped up a, a family dinner, and that involved getting the kids to try to go to sleep an hour later after having way too much dessert. So I've got a I've got a coffee here. I'm gonna pay for it later, but hopefully it produces an excellent show for you fine folks. Um, yes, yes, it already started. Fiora, Flor, Florina, Florida's, Florida's battle. Lynn in Florida, hanging out. America's Wang. Uh okay. Eddie, how'd your summoning go? Uh, not much to talk about. Um, just the random free summons as we had those daily rotating out banners. Uh, some banner or another, I managed to get a five-star corn, male corn, randomly. Ended up just merging it with my maxed out one, so. <laughs> you Nothing mean you're, big. So you, ma- you have a plus ten corn, so you threw another five-star at it? No, I have a five-star level 40 Corrin. Oh, I, I see. You know, whatever, uh, uh, upgraded or whatever to five-star. 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe Agamba is five star originally, but who knows? They just merged them. So, he's so not long plus ago. One. Yeah, no, a long time ago. Uh, I, I definitely feel you there. Um, for me, I've been sort of probably in a better spot where I uh, have been continuing my adventures into the lovely gifts banner, um, getting a a five-star Rajat, which I did not have before, so I was kind of like, okay, that's not too bad. Um, but it was still a pity break in the sense that I was going for either Alm or Fae. So I kept going, and I got a, a five-star Echidna of the non-Knuckles variety. Uh, that's a joke for all you fans that saw the Sonic movie. I have not seen it yet. I hear good things, but that's not at all related to this game, except for the fact that there's a I, character named I Echidna. Don't think, I don't think there's Knuckles... I don't think Knuckles is in the Sonic movie. Could be wrong. I haven't I seen it either. So. Don't think Knuckles is in it, but they—I did see in the trailers that there are some Echidna-style things chasing Sonic in one of the trailers, and that would oh, okay. that would track in the sense that I think Knuckles was a villain, uh, or or uh, or an anti-hero essentially in in Sonic Three. I think. I don't oh, know. Okay. This this is way off track but but i mean when you have yeah. a character named echidna i think that's close enough where we can kind of like it might not even be pronounced the same same way it just looks like it's spelt although if i recall echidna is from one of the games that probably came out before son could be wrong i don't remember when other when exactly they, it came out but what like a echidna game oh you oh sorry wow okay never fire mind. emblem <laughs> may have come out before <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, or at least Sonic the Hedgehog 3 came out. I, I could be wrong. I don't I, know when you exactly know what? Sonic 3 came out. Well, uh, yeah, okay. No, I, I see what you're saying, and you're probably right, and I'm slow. So uh, I apologize to everyone at home for that. That's my bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're right. It could be a character that has existed before, but the, the echidna, the animal, has been around for a while. Yes. So. That's probably what came first. Uh, but yeah, like finally I ended up with a Fae. I did get Fae. I haven't gone back to the Banner Sins because I was hoping to get Almond Celica. Um, so I'm not sure if I'll keep going, but I think I'm going to kind of monitor the banners coming up. I don't know if uh, the, you know, the Dread Isle banner is going to pull me in. I have not really decided yet on those characters. I think we were talking about it last week where it's like, what character would we want to see from this this game? Uh, I don't know. Wrath hasn't been included yet. Okay. And here he is. But um, we're going to talk about that in just, just a few moments here. But before we jump into the upcoming events, Hall of Forms is back. Can we just talk about how refreshing that mode is? And we should probably mention this at least every time it pops up and how refreshing it is to, to everything else that's in the game. It's a nice new mode. I do need to remember to go in and get that. I think I missed the first day, so got to get there before the reset tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're. This is day two of Hall of Forms, and I think I've said it before, but I think the reason I like it is it seems to be one of the only modes that I can't auto battle uh, effectively. Early on, yeah, you can kind of like stumble your way through it, but that does often end up with a couple of your heroes being lower leveled than others. But I really like it because it requires me to focus and apply strategy as opposed to the other modes where I just kind of throw my heroes at it and hope for the best. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm at on that mode. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And if you get the fate pass, you can just throw your heroes at it without even paying attention. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I just a quick update Which for everybody. Still, don't think needs to be in the fate pass, but still. no, no, we, we we've talked about that. But I have not purchased the fate pass yet. I think when we so here's the thing: I was gonna buy it in the sense like, oh, I'll math it out and get three heroes instead of two. Um, but then I think Void Kronos in the Discord was saying, hey what's the math on trying to get four heroes? Because there is some weird dates going on with, with these heroes in the sense that you might be able to look at if there's a day overlap. So, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I am going to get the Fae Pass to get Lynn and to experience it and to be able to talk about it. Um, I don't think you can math out four heroes. I don't think so either. I think that's a bit of a stretch. If they're doing straight 30 days, there's just, no, no, there's, not really a chance because it's set up right now even if it's straight 30 days uh when you you know if you wait till cordelia's out it'll go straight up to you know the launch of the third hero you get it before cordelia comes out you'll be like a day short of that third hero or fourth hero Mm -hmm. that makes sense no it makes sense I think I think you're right. Like there's there's it would be also weird from a from a financial point of view like why why even allow us to math it out that way, right? So I mean it, I think part of the only reason you could maybe math it out that way if it goes on a straight 30-day cycle is um is the fact that it is February and it's normally a 28-day month instead of days months that are 31 days and all so mm-hmm. yeah so i i don't know if I, i'm definitely not gonna so here's my thinking now i'm not going to wait until like oh the very last day to get lynn but i'm also at the point where i don't there you know with tempest trials almost over i don't really have like a grindy mode that i kind of want to have this for i know there will be another tempest trials before we know it and forging bonds is coming up which is is very much a grindy mode as well um, so I'll probably get it in time to talk about it to have Lynn, but we'll see how, we'll see how things go. I personally don't feel like I'm missing it. Um, when I have been playing Tempest Trials, I see that, Hey, if you had Fate Pass, you could queue these up. And I'm kind of like, I been doing it this way for three years. I wonder if I go onto the Fate Pass and start doing the automated battle Will I then miss it when it's gone once I've had it? Maybe. But at this point, I'm kind of like, if I just stay strong, it might not matter. I I honestly don't know. Like, have you been using the Fae Pass Auto Battler for Tempest Trials a lot? I, I have been, and it's very nice and very helpful. Because, uh, you know, with my job, there are, you know, my biggest issue with doing Tempest Trials is the fact that I don't want to sit there and watch it play through the Tempest Trial. So I would start it, I'd start doing something else, and then half an hour would go by and they've been done for half an hour, you know, for 28 minutes. And I, you know, could have sent them out four or five, you know, five, six, ten more times. You know, whereas with this, I can send them out ten times at once and... Sometimes when I look down, it's still running. Sometimes if it's done, I can pop a stamina potion and do it again if I need to. I haven't done it quite that constantly. But, you know, 
I have done been using it. It's nice to queue them up. And like I said, last week after first doing it, I definitely feel the method as it is now is, you know, should just be free and let me use stamina potions if I, um, you know, if I pay for the pass type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I think you and I are on the same page with that. And once I've had a chance to check it out, I'll, I'll probably even be like, yeah, I wish, I wish they made this available. I'll probably be able to survive without it. If I, you know, if, a forge or a tempest trial falls on the in-between times because i am planning to only get you know after this first month planning to only get it when in order to get a set of three resplendent heroes unless they fix it but you hmm. know no that makes sense i think you and i and as well as the discord reddit everywhere is just feels like that fey pass needs some tweaking and um mm-hmm. we'll see we shall see. Uh, Eddie, what's uh, what's coming up over the next week? Uh, so, uh, as we've alluded to, we do have a that Blazing Blade banner that we got a teaser of with the Nils leak uh, starting at 2 a.m. or tomorrow. Uh, probably by the time you hear this, started yesterday or this morning. Uh, as well as a Forging Bonds and Login bonus with it, all starting at the same time. Uh, the Grand Hero Battle... Uh, with the Blazing Blade unit. We'll mention who that is in a minute. Is starting on the 18th. Uh, double Special Heroes starting on the 19th. Heroes with Stance Skills starting on the 21st. Uh, I forgot to double check the calendars. The Double Special Heroes a banner or a quest or an event? What is that? Um, is that another banner or? What is, sorry? Yep, the... Double Special Heroes is another banner like they did back in December or whatever. Oh, right. So it's like the four... What is it? It's just Special Heroes, but... It's essentially... Um, I believe it It was eight heroes on the Focus and two sets of Special Heroes. So it actually feels like they're pulling Special Heroes or shrinking Special Heroes on the um, Mythical banners and they're doing it on these things now. These double special hero banners, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have another one starting on the 19th. We have infantry, uh, the Heroes with Stance Skills banners, uh, replacing the new power one on the 21st. The infantry strike quests starting on the 23rd. And uh, Rooker Sieges starting on the 23rd as well. Nice. Yeah, no, it'll be a, be a solid week um yeah that double special heroes i didn't i didn't notice that was on the calendar until i was we were sort of updating the notes and i'm excited for that to come back because i think i did fairly well with that special heroes banner they did last time so maybe i'll save some orbs for it if wrath does not capture my attention (laughs) we shall see uh that might be easier to get than you would think yeah maybe uh all right, so we've got, uh, oh, yes. Oh, nice tease, because I did not know that. Uh, let's move into the topic. We have a very small topic section this week because we just want to tease the Dread Isle banner, which will be launching after this episode goes out to you fine folks, maybe maybe like right on the line there. But uh, we got the Blazing Blade banner that Nils got uh, leaked from, and he is indeed on the banner. Joining him are Leela Fiora, 
getting a normal version after her summer one last year, and Wrath, who is the four-star focus unit, as Eddie alluded to. We also have Heath as the next Grand Hero Battle unit, which you can experience just a few days after the banner launches. So, yeah, we got our Blazing Blade banner. Yeah. Be exciting. Yeah, they, they didn't advertise who the four star focus unit was very well. It was in the fine print at the end, the end screen of the video. They didn't even mention it in the um, uh, teaser video, or you know when they dropped the video, they just mentioned Heath coming. Mm. So, but yeah, if you paid attention and read the fine print, it mentioned that Wrath will appear as a four star focus on the banner. Yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, if you're uh, yeah, so this is one of those examples where if like I really wanted to get wrath, I could just focus on you know focus on green and I mean, maybe get him. It it'd be no different than really wanting to get him on a on a banner before they started the four star focus units. You just have a better chance of getting him, and if you're trying to plus ten him right away, you have a better chance of plus tening him because. You know, he can drop as a four star on top of dropping as a five star. Right. So that makes sense. Well, we'll look forward to that banner when it drops in a couple days, aka I think tomorrow. No, a couple days. No, yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow. There you Midnight, go. Midnight, two a.m. or whatever, overnight tonight. Cool. On the seventeenth at two a.m. Well, I'll look forward to that. You might be uh, you might be experiencing the banner as you listen to this. Uh, let's move into the wish list, which has been, uh, you know, slightly modified thanks to the fact that we were like, hey, what other heroes at Blazing Blade? I don't know, Wrath? Yeah, oh, we got them. Yeah, essentially in most future banners, when we discuss or get the announcement of a new banner, the wish list will be us lady stating who we want from that game to be coming back. But seeing as I feel we have plenty of lens as it is already, so it's not like we need to see other lens. Uh, we're going to go ahead and skip it because last week we pretty much proved that we can't remember anyone else that's not already in the game. And unless you want another, unless you want an alt of someone who we already have, mm. I'm good with everyone we have. I, I want a resplendent Elliewood, but I don't need an alt of Elliewood. No, yeah, resplendent Elliewood would be nice. I mean, I guess we can start including resplendent versions of the heroes in our wish list, right? That's a new version. <laughs> Just like Legendary well, and Mythic, right? We can discuss that. When a new uh, Resplendent Hero gets announced, we can discuss who we want after that type thing. You know? But, like, the Resplendent Heroes aren't necessarily tied to the banners. Although, maybe they are. I guess that means we're getting a an Awakening banner in early March, right? Right. Maybe. No, most likely early March will be the um, Lysithia banner, so probably here three houses all right well let's head over to the alt realm gate where we're gonna we're gonna move through this weird looking portal and talk about non fire emblem heroes games in the fire emblem franchise i don't know why i'm explaining it so much because we do this all the time let's talk about three houses which got its last quote unquote piece of dlc we're not i mean last so far that's been announced uh, yeah, so the last announced DLC, Wave 4 of the expansion pass. Um, you know, so, speak, you know, we were just discussing Lysithia and probably a Three Houses banner in early March, and now we're on to the 
uh, some potential characters for that banner, although they're new enough that I'm kind of hoping that we get some more of the OG characters before we get the Ashen Wolves added in. Uh, but we did get Cinder Shadows releasing this week. Um, it's a seven-chapter side story. Uh, you have six units from the main game and four new characters, plus Byleth. So 11 characters for most of the maps. Uh, it brings with it a new hub of Abyss. Um, you run around in that throughout the entire side story, and it actually does unlock in the main story for you to access it eventually. Um, there's also a new NPC in the side story uh, named Elfric, or Elfric. Uh, and you, it actually does unlock a bunch of stuff in the main story as you complete the side story. Uh, like I mentioned, you unlock the access to the abit or to Abyss. I keep wanting to call it the Abyss, but they're very much say just Abyss, which is feels weird to me. But um, within there, you can use Renown to unlock. Uh, essentially a new library as well as three new facilities, sort of. Um, as we mentioned last week, Anna gets her trickster outfit. Uh, whether you tra- change her into a trickster or not, she gets her tricky merchant outfit. Um, there were also some additional things added uh, to everyone in the game. Uh, Bernadetta gets a new support in the Crimson Flowers route of Part 2. Uh, Violet can now dress up as a dancer, but cannot become a dancer. Um, what else did they add? Uh, the ability to change everyone's outfits in tandem. Uh, so at the bottom of the, where you change outfits, there's a everyone option. So, hmm. uh, I, I got it and I have actually completed the entire side story. Nice. Uh, so, how long did that that How long did that take you? Uh, it took roughly ten hours or so, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I wasn't playing overly reckless. Um, there was a nice little feature in the game where, uh, essentially, it gives you the option once you've successfully or you've talked to everyone you can talk to in the in abyss. It allows you to jump straight to the uh, next ch- battle chapter. So that kind of was helpful. It's like saying, hey, there's nothing else to do here. So unless you need to work on your gear, uh, you know, you ready to go on? That's kind of neat. I don't know if they yeah. had that in uh, in the main game where if you talk to everybody, they kind of left you alone to kind of move the story uh, forward they didn't really have it in the main game um but it also doesn't work necessarily in the main game um as part of the dlc um there's no activities so there's no activity points to spend. uh in the main game the closest they really had was the bell would ring once you spent all your all your activity points oh that's right uh, so looking at it, my cleared game data shows nine hours thirteen minutes. That's not too bad. So, I well, mean, I think for me, when I look, and we talked about this pre-show, you, you had asked if I. So I haven't picked it up yet. Um, I had a busy week, 
And if I, I, I was like, oh, I got to buy this. And, and I was like, well, I, I'm going to buy it, but do I need to buy it right now just to have it sit there? Because I wasn't going to have time to play it before the before the show. So I'm, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, okay, uh, I, but then I, I, here's my thing. Like, I looked up to how long it took to beat Cinder Shadows, 10 hours. That's fine. You know, 10 hours is a good chunk. It is a $30 expansion pass. Um, $30 Canadian last I, last I looked at it, yeah. I think it's like 32. Um, that's a lot. 25 US. Yeah. That's a lot for, uh, 10, 10 hours, but I kind of see it as like, I haven't played through it since launch before all the DLC. So it's effectively, I think for me to make this worthwhile, I want to play the side story. Then I want to do one of the second playthroughs that I've been looking at to kind of experience everything that's been added since I last played it with all the four waves of DLC. Yeah. I mean, and the cost of the expansion pass is, and also even the, how long to beat is kind of a misleading. I mean, the fact is it's, you cannot buy the DLC on its own. You cannot buy standard shadows on its own. So for that, $32 $32 you're you know and it's up to each person how worth it it is you're getting all the extra stuff no matter what you're getting those uh, pathetic offering of costumes for Byleth as wave one you're getting the extra auxiliary battles during your you know day offs uh, they give you more more um rewards you're getting anna the most half-hearted additional character <laughs> ever um Yuritsa, though is a solid addition though right but you got Yuritsa for free oh okay <laughs> see but th- but then again like if we don't even look at it as the uh, you're right though there were a lot of free updates including a free update that went live with with mm-hmm. this one i can now have tea with rhea yeah. um you're also getting the yeah that was the other thing you're also getting the sauna and the ability to interact with cats and dogs which are nice features but you know if someone's never gonna use any of those it feels like a waste of money as well as various costumes for all the characters mm-hmm. but but I think that's where I'm like, I either have to be content with a $30, 10-hour expansion, which expansions, 10 hours is usually like a common amount of time. Like expansions are never like a huge amount. DLC is always, well, mostly usually always priced higher than the amount of time you're getting, right? Um, but I never think I mean, of DLC as time. It's hard to label how much, you know time is worth on a dlc because you know yeah you're you paid 60 dollars. you're getting far less for the 25 dollars than you paid got with the 60 dollars. but that's kind of how dlc always tends to be you know it definitely definitely dlc is usually more expensive than than the main the main game if you're like mathing it out right um yeah so for me so like i said i haven't purchased yet but i but i had a couple questions i will reiterate some of the questions i had uh that i that i posted in discord my general understanding is that this is this is 
legit like a side story loaded from the main you know a different menu you experience it it's separate from the main game but then by playing it not finishing it but by playing it you unlock the abyss characters and features within the main game correct um essentially the actual side story cinder shadow side story is completely separate um it takes place some point after the rite of rebirth because uh, Byleth has the sword of the creator, uh, but it doesn't, uh, and theoretically takes place before, um, or in takes place before uh, the events of. Um, it's hard to say it without spoilers, but essentially, your hair is your original hair color. So okay. it takes place before that whole situation. Um, the exact location, exact time frame in that situation is hard to say. Um, Stothis never appears. Uh, Rhea and Alois appear. Uh, and then you have the six characters, um, Hilda, Ash, uh, Winhart, and the three house leaders. And then... You know, the four new characters and Alfred, the other new character. You know, and that's pretty much all you interact with. Hmm. Okay, so yeah. not a huge cast of characters, more story then. No, it's a story focused around the Ashen Wolves house. So it just focuses on them. And um, you, Alfred actually knew your mother. Oh, uh, when in New Geralt, when you know, uh, when twenty-one years ago you were born, and before that they got married. So you actually, you know, that's one of the things is like, I mean, theoretically, I guess maybe they could argue that it takes place after Geralt's death, but it doesn't feel like it. It would. So why wasn't Geralt here? He would remember Elfric and possibly add some additional stuff to it. You know? But... Hmm. Yeah, Alfred does know about your mother. When you first meet Alfred, you get a chance to talk to him about your mother. You get her name. I won't spoil that. But... Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because you don't get her, her name. Um, I, right. m My other question is... Uh, so here's the thing like and then this is a loaded question and i no spoilers but do you feel like the story and side story nature of this a is a really good use of the dlc sort of setup and b do you want to see them do another side story uh similar to this one to explore more of the lore behind garrick mock and all that fun stuff um It's hard to say, partially because I'm not entirely sure what exactly you're asking in that question, and I don't know how. Well, to... did you did you like? So here, I'll ask it again. Did you like not not exactly the way I asked it before? Because I realized I was kind of all over the place. Did you like the story? Was the story really entertaining? Story was enjoyable, um, predictable. It raises more questions than it answers. It felt like. Okay. 
Um, so that's a bit of an issue, but that's just IS in their storytelling. I mean, has there ever been even a Kiro's chap story chapter that actually answered the questions it asked? I mean, and I've watched through a playthrough of Golden Deer, so I know all the details that aren't given in the two routes that I've already played, and there's still tons of questions that aren't answered in there. So I guess likes to pose a bunch of questions without giving any actual explanations for them or answers. So it does have that IS storytelling issue. Okay. Um, Do you I enjoy? Enjoyed the... it. Okay. I enjoyed the new characters, mm -hmm. and um, like you alluded to with your first question that I never did get around to answering, is it's more than just the ten-hour DLC because all uh, you do unlock Abyss in those facilities, sort of facilities. Uh, and down in the in abyss, uh, in your main game, mm -hmm. uh, you unlock the four characters. Um, depending on how far you've progressed through the side story, uh, you can start recruiting those four characters in part one, who will come back in part two with five year later designs. Uh, and once they join you, they behave they behave like any other normal character, normal unit that you recruited. And they even have supports with various characters oh. throughout the game. So if you, so yeah, sorry. Well, no, I was just that was my other question. What was going to be my next question? Were the characters? So, like, if the character, like to me, the thing that Fire Emblem has always done really well is presenting you with characters you can you can become really attached to, right? So. With Three Houses, obviously, it was a shotgun approach. Many different characters for many different types of people. Uh, with mm -hmm. with uh, uh, Cindered Shadows, there's four new playable characters. Uh, that seems like a that that would seem pretty tough to include four new characters and have those appeal to most players. You know, that seems like a a tough tough uh, tough call, right? Like do. Did you like all of them? Did you hate some of them? Were there some like Hubert ones or Linhurt ones that you'd like, I don't I don't like this guy? Well if if we're going with overall like versus dislike, um, it was a high far higher um percentage in this game than it was in the original game. But that's because there were actual characters in the original game that I really can barely stand. <coughs> or ends. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's a good cough there. Yeah, you should get that checked. Um, yeah, and yeah, Hubert's just creepy no matter what. He isn't... He's interesting in that he's creepy and creepy and creepy no matter what, yet you actually kind of can see behind him some reasoning, but he's still creepy. He's not like, you know, just evil incarnate, you hate him, uh like Lawrence, Lawrence, but um, and no, that's just a personal preference. I just, Lawrence never really warmed on me. Even Ferdy warmed on me, where Lawrence did not. Mm -hmm. um, but Hubert, you know, I, I see where he's coming from. Why he has to be so creepy, I have no clue. That's just who he is, I guess. But, you know, he actually sort of has some logic, if twisted, behind his reasoning. You know, and I, I I liked all these characters. 
Uh, they have their own little quirks. Um, you know, they have their relationships. There's a reasoning behind uh, the characters that you um, bring with you, aside from the three house leaders. Okay, uh, that's good, because it kind of seemed random, the, the sort of selection, right? It seemed random, and um, with the story, it makes sense. Um, this isn't, I don't feel this is spoiler. Mm-hmm. But, like, the very opening talks about a whole new set of saints, the four apostles, or whatever. Uh, and they each have a crest. And those are the crests that the four Ashton Wolves house characters have. So, it's folks around those apostles and their crests. So, uh, that's kind of why Lindhart is there, and Hilda and Ash actually have reasons that you can encounter of why they're there as well. Uh, you know, but like in the opening sequence, before you even meet, you know, bump into Byleth, they talk about these four new saints or four apostles or whatever. So, you know. So you have these new crests, which, of course, Linhardt is going to be perfectly designed to investigate. Yeah. No, he's a good sort of, let's throw this guy in, because he's, he, he's got the touch. He likes he likes this stuff. He's interested in it. That makes sense to me. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other questions. I think, uh, I think until I've played it. And this seems like a really good, easy, like, let's let's just do spoilers of Cindered Shadows because it's so small and digestible. Um, it would require like you to, to finish it. At least play it no, 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 we yeah. About We're definitely going to wait until I've had a chance to play it. I just feel like knowing what you've told me, it sounds like it's an easy, digestible... Like, I personally, I want to play more Three Houses, but it's just so daunting to look at another 50-hour campaign but a nice digestible yeah, that, 10 that's hour. the thing if you're not gonna go play through the main campaign again uh yeah all you're getting is the 10 hour side story but if you play through the main campaign you have the four new classes to learn um and you can get those abyssian exam pass which is the english name for the underground seals uh to learn those you know you can finally have your female brawlers do something more than just stand there and look pretty and not be able to use their brawling skills. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing is I, I can see myself playing through Cindered Shadows and then I can see myself experiencing more of what Cindered Shadows has to offer by continuing. I think I have a, I think I have a golden deer path I've started. I think I'm like maybe okay. up to chapter. Gosh, I'm really early on, so I wouldn't even want to. I wouldn't even restart that that play. Like, should I yeah. restart that? Like, because I'm like probably like chapter very early. Like, I just chose the Golden Deers. Well, not knowing what chapter chapter very early is, I can't say for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, I am still finishing up my Crimson Flower. I did not get it finished before this came out. Uh, I ended up playing through this, and um, so I'm finishing up Crimson Flower with the new classes and Abyss unlocked, but I don't have any of the new characters because I'm already in Part 2, and I am planning to do Golden Deer afterward. 
but you can access Abyss from Chapter 2 onward, and I think you can, if you have the skills needed, you can recruit them right away. I don't think they're intended to be too hard to recruit. Um, I think one of the characters, Balthus, the guy who has the brawling class, is probably recruitable from the moment you start the game. Right. Because I think if if his requirements are what they thought they were, uh, you need brawling and um, strength, both of which Violith already excels in. Might take you a couple chapters like Felix does, but you can probably recruit him fairly early. You know? Yeah. So... Well, I'm. I'm. They have their supports. You can waifu or husband them if you want. Mm-hmm. So. I'm fairly early, so I think I could probably just like hold on the golden yeah, deer. If, and... if you just picked your house, then you should. You'll probably have your chapter one to finish before you can even access any of the stuff. Still, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, anything else on Cindered Shadows before we close the book on this non-spoilery conversation? Um, just a want to do a quick overview of what you unlock in Abyss. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's the library. There's the pagan altar. Uh, one feature of the pagan altar is you can offer items, and you'll get renowned for them. So you can, you know, you can't. Didn't look like you'd offer weapons and stuff like that, but you could get rid of all those uh, spare hundreds of fish that you've been catching to level up your professor level, or all that stuff that you've been planting but not cooking with. Uh, so all those little side items you can get rid of. Uh, I think the special ones like the fish for the fishing tournament can't be gotten rid of, but you'll get renowned for those. And then after you upgrade Abyss enough, you can purchase weapons and items, including the Abyssian exam passes. Uh, those cost 750 renown apiece. So um, there are some additional quests you unlock, as well as once you complete it, you unlock um, a bunch of renown and a special item that essentially gives you the counterattack skill. Uh, that you see many cheating bosses wielding. Um, uh, you the second. Uh, sorry, I got distracted by talking about renown. The second thing you unlock is a seer. Um, I think she's only in the second half of the game, uh, but she allows you to improve relationships between characters. Hmm. Uh, so essentially, you know, you have a character that needs to upgrade their. Um, uh, you know, whatchamacallit, their conversation, their support. Uh, she helps you do that. And she also allows you, for a pretty steep price, I think it was like 10,000 renown, to entwine the destinies of characters. Um, they don't ex- state it explicitly, but from what I understand, this would be like, um, uh, let's say Dorothea can end up, you know, quote-unquote marrying, if you don't marry her with Byleth, marrying like Ferdinand, Ash, or Felix, you can guarantee she goes off with Felix by entwining her destiny with him. So if you want to see specific end cards, you can spend a ton of renown to do that. Whoa. Okay. That's you know interesting. That's an interesting addition. That's, uh... I approve of that. I mean, it's, I mean, it's interesting yeah. in the sense that, like, 
it allows you to min-max the story you may not have already seen. Like, if you're like, I really want to see this exactly. ending for this character, like, that's really cool. Yep. Um, and then um, the last one is a former teacher who, like, ranks the stack growth of your characters. No clue why this is in there. It, like, gives you a 1 to 5 star rating on their stats or stat growth throughout the game and an overall ranking. A, B, C, whatever. Don't know exactly how you're supposed to use that. I don't know. But Grade yourself, I guess. <laughs> if you want to know how your stats are, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe there's some use for it that I'm not thinking of, but... So, yeah. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is I've kind of mentioned this in Discord. Uh, it plays a lot like a traditional Fire Emblem. Uh, you know, as you can see from our Sacred Stones, which we'll cover here in a minute, uh, you go to a battle, you do some story conversations, you go straight into a battle, uh, you can, you know, buy stuff while prepping for the battle. This was pretty much, and then, you know, the weapon triangle and everything. So this, every character has the appropriate breaker skill, so to reactivate the weapon triangle. Uh, obviously monsters wouldn't have it, and characters that don't have axes, lances, or swords wouldn't, but when it applies, they have it. Even the characters you start with come with it. You can remove it, but they come with it. So, and yeah, just the limited thing. You don't get to choose what classes you put your... You can change your classes, but you can't upgrade classes or get new classes for it. So, cool. Sorry oh. if that doesn't make much sense, but I I think it'll make more sense once I've had a chance. Like a lot of this stuff, like honestly, like I all these new characters that have like these, some would say fluffy abilities to kind of let you you know uh, improve uh, relationships. Again, really neat, really cool to be able because I know a lot of people are talking about like okay, I want to get a support with everybody, so they're running around with like lost hairpins and like gifts and stuff i feel like this is a great way to kind of be like okay i'm gonna put these two with the seer and come back tomorrow and oh there's the a let's go like i don't, I doubt it works that quickly like it's it's not quite like that it's a one-time thing like you go oh. talk to the seer you pay ten thousand renown and those two are their destinies are entwined and you can also see like a listing of uh their destinies like, uh, when I, I pulled it up, I like hopped in and looked around and I pulled it up and like, I think it said Dorothea or no, like Edelgard and Hubert are like, are, have a giant heart. Whereas Edelgard and Dorothea have a tiny heart. And I don't remember if those two are, were the exact pairings, but I mean, I'm planning to end this one with it, you know, as supporting Edelgard anyway. So that one, Edelgard doesn't matter. It, I can then look down and see who Hubert has the next highest thing with, and most likely he'll get a pairing with that character. Ah, okay. And when you pay the 10,000 renown, you can, let's say, you know, you wanted Edelgard and Dorothea to end up together, even though they don't have all the support they would normally do. They, you know, like Edelgard has higher support with Felix and is more likely to be with him. You can tell the game. No, Edelgard and Dorothea are going to be together in the end card. 
Okay. You just spend 10,000 and it locks them in. I see. So essentially you're just telling the computer like, hey, go to the next logical step. And I haven't tested it. I think it was like 500 renown and you could improve improve characters relationship. Um, You would pick one character and then I, I guess it would give you a list of other characters you can pick. Um, I don't know if it's a straight up they get the next support level or if they get, you know, 500 support points towards the next support level. Mm. But so, like, if it goes straight up to the next support level, let's say you have, you know, Bernadetta and Yuritsa, they just got their new thing and you don't have enough time to have them fight in battles for three hours as you do repeat. Um, auxiliary battles you can go to her and say you know here's 500 renown improve bernadetta and yuritsa's relationship whether that would go straight to the next support level or just give them more support points i don't know Hmm. all right interesting well i'm looking forward to getting my hands on it looking forward to hearing what other people's thoughts are uh in discord but uh yeah sounds like it's a solid addition and what we expected with wave four of this DLC, um, there was a, a a discussion. Not this. We've already gone a bit long on this, but just quickly to round this out, there were dis- there was a discussion in Discord about whether we'd like to see more DLC or have them put that focus on a new game. Personally, I don't think DLC necessarily holds off on a new game because usually the DLC is done by a like a, I don't want to see a say a B team, but a secondary team, while the main team has probably already moved on to the next Fire Emblem project. To be honest, um, well, okay, so, yeah. Ryan, feel free to throw me under the bus. I asked in Discord, <laughs> uh, do you think we'll get a new expansion pass? And if so, what would you like to see in it, uh-huh. story or or class wise? And the first response was from Operin Lord Nero, who want FE4 remake or want don't want to delay it. And I, mm-hmm. like you, agree that I don't think it would delay it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a different uh, group that would be working on Three Houses DLC over the next Echoes or the next mainline game. But yeah, we went on a discussion about that for a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I I personally would love to see something more for three houses uh especially if cindered shadows does you know sets up more questions instead of answers um right yeah and there are some questions that aren't answered in the main game that i would like to see more explanation of um you know and i think most of the questions i had from this story are ones that were kind of already sitting there in the main game they just didn't really explain answer them in this you know there might have been one or two directly from this that are exclusive to this that i have but you know Mm -hmm. there were some questions even with the info that i uh saw in the um golden deer playthrough i watched uh and i'll experience myself shortly here that were never fully answered so yeah. And I would love to see them answered. And I mean, uh, Nero and, uh, and I think it was Opera convinced me of how they could do a Three Houses, uh, second Three Houses world game, a Fodlin game. 
but that wouldn't actually answer the, or I might eventually answer the questions, but I mean, there's more with these characters I wouldn't mind seeing. And that sequel would not follow these characters anymore, or most of them, if that makes sense. Essentially, their their thing that convinced me they could do another Fodlin game is they would do an awakening type thing where it's a thousand or thousands of years in the future. Yeah. That could work. I don't know. I, 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 I definitely, uh, the, the way development works, like the, in, three houses was entirely, um, outsourced quote unquote to, you know, uh, what was it? There was a company that worked on it. Oh gosh. Uh, I think it was Koei Tecmo, the guys who did warriors. That was, a, uh, I was just about to say behind the warriors. Yeah. So, uh, Koei, Koei Tecmo. Um, so, Intelligent Systems basically did like concept art, characters, story, that sort of thing, and then handed all the programming over to Koei Tecmo and their team. Um, so by that logic, like Intelligent Systems could be just continuing to churn out another sort of quote unquote, you know, base for the next Fire Emblem. And you could see another side story. I don't want them to focus solely on Three Houses for the rest of eternity. I, I do want to see the rumored remake of whatever they they want to you know bring back from the 3ds but the question goes back to like are we going to be well, comfortable I'd, I'd rather they bring back a game older than the 3ds or you mean the remake that was canceled from the 3DS? that's what i meant yeah the canceled 3ds uh remake that they want to they want to bring back i mean i just besides that i just want to see another fire emblem game from years past similar to echoes i want to see them do that treatment um to something else mm -hmm. oh yeah i want them to do echoes of all the old games you know echoes versions or you know and echoes is a great you know they have their main line in the echoes line that'd be great but yeah well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I, I definitely see people's concern that more three houses means less other Fire Emblem, but um, traditionally, when it came to uh, the console, the home console, you got one Fire Emblem in recent years. You got one on GameCube, one on Wii, uh, but the 3DS did have a healthy amount. So there's that question of, are we going to get maybe you know, two Fire Emblems, one three houses, one more... 3ds level you know style and and gameplay but uh we'll see yeah, i mean nintendo's always been notorious they only do one of each of their main franchise per games per console uh however 3ds had a bunch because it lasted so long so if the switch has a 3ds length life life span i would not be surprised if we saw another mainline non-echoes fire emblem come to the switch uh but i also would not be surprised depending on how long the switch lasts if the next you know mainline fire emblem game comes to the switch too or the you know whatever they call the next one mm -hmm. it will be interesting to see uh but we are running long so let's get into game club let's talk about sacred uh sacred stones here uh, kicking off uh, with chapters four and five and surprise five X. Uh, so let's uh, let's start this thing off. 
With her bracelet recovered, Erica sets out with renewed determination, passing through the ancient forest. Zaha brings them close to Grado's border. As they near the town of Seraphiu, Erica's fears are ass- assaged, assaged by the lack of troops. Uh, surprised. Fears are, wait, no, calmed? Fears assuaged. Are assuaged. You could have jumped in earlier on that one. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. And no, also I, more I fun. guess not. Yeah, I guess. I see where you... Yeah, I did say... Yeah. All right. Uh, but never before seen terrors crawl in the shadows of the trees. Artur appears to aid Erica in her battle against the terrors. We make our way through these new baddies to discover loot, a self-proclaimed prodigy, awaiting our heroes in a village. Dispensing of all the terrors ends the battle. For now, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Eddie, chapter chapter four. We jump into it. We get our terrors. We get our basically like, ooh, these are the, this is the evil that is. Ah, I thought that was yep, only in legends. Were, yep, these were creatures from the ancient demon king that the sacred stones stopped, and you know, as he was trying to take over the world, so they're starting to reappear. So something weird's going on, and yeah, yeah, it'll be so. It, we don't quite know in this chapter why the evil is appearing. We know that uh, they're susceptible to light magic, uh, which is where Artur comes in handy. Uh, we get a surprise visit from some future recruits, including Larchelle, Renek, and Dazla. Uh, Larchelle being a character that is already in Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, but also appeared alongside Dazla in the Halloween special Heroes. So, yeah. so she makes an appearance uh, sort of few, few turns into the chapter and then at the very end and sort of a like, oh, we were going to help you, but you took care of it. Okay, bye. You know? Yeah, she's, I guess, the princess of uh, one of the other countries at Roston, I think she was starting to say, before Dozla tells her, no, you can't tell your real identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one of those ones where it's like, oh, don't talk because you'll give us up so yeah i thought she was gonna show back up two or three chapters down so i ended up uh delaying a a round or two getting everyone lined up to get those last two or three in the bottom corner for her Mm -hmm. to show up and then she never did so i'm like oh okay so she's gonna pop up after we're done yeah i was kind of thinking oh is she gonna join at the end of this chapter but i felt like maybe three recruits I realized afterwards, like, nah, three recruits in chapter four, that would have been a lot, uh, considering we're already got, we already got two in this chapter with uh, our tour and loot, but... Um, yeah, we're already having to leave people behind. Yeah. For some reason, I haven't, for some reason, Colm hasn't seemed to show up in the chapter at all. Huh. That's odd. I can't figure out why. Uh, I brought him in the second chapter. I don't know. I started, you, we were talking about it last time we did game club where it's like well what if he's the only thief you have for a while and he's the only decent one what if the other thief you get is just more of a butthole and i thought oh maybe i should level this guy up so he's not you know being torn apart like uh, paper i went with the nice tried and true method of is there a treasure chest that i need to unlock on this map no okay he can sit in the barracks so you just you just kind of treat him as a lock pick if you need him, you bring him in and you guard him. If exactly. you don't need him, oh, okay. He, he's my chest key. You know what? 
he had that coming considering the way he treats other characters. So I'm not necessarily going to yep. hold that against you. Uh, but yeah, this, this chapter, I liked it. There was a neat little sort of, oh, there's a tree you can push over so you can cross the, you know, cross the river. I thought that was a nice touch in terms of just kind of giving you other options to move around the map and, you know, shoot down directly to loot, and get her and add her to the battle. I thought that was really neat. Yep. I mean, and the other thing I've been doing with my characters is I've been trying to pick the characters that are lowest health mm-hmm. or lowest level. Um, and then also make sure I have at least one of each weapon in the weapon triangle. But so Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what about uh, Chapter 5? So in Chapter 5, Erica reaches the town of Seraphu, which is under the Iron Fist of Sar, who has orders to capture Erica as well as a traitor, quote-unquote, to Grado, and uh, has permission to kill the traitor if uh, she resists. Uh, the chapter opens with Joshua off to the arena to gamble um, when he bumps into Natasha, the alleged traitor. Uh, though she runs off right away. Uh, after we have a little cutscene with Sar getting his orders, Erica and company arrive to find the greater troops threatening and harassing Natasha and intervene to help her, uh, leading to you finding your way through the town. And Joshua, having just finished his gamble, his gambling, gets uh, dragged into the battle. Uh, he wasn't having much luck in the gambling anyway. Uh, and he joins up the enemies as you seek to defeat Sar, uh, and also to save Natasha, who desperately wants to talk to one of the greater soldiers and gets them to listen to what she has to say. Uh, so, yeah, this this we in this we could recruit Joshua if uh, you talk to him with Natasha, uh, but he turned to be a bit of a hassle. At least he was for me. Mm-hmm. No, he was a he was a hassle for me too because he he makes note that like, hey, you know, I I won't hit a woman, I won't take, I won't kill a woman. So I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, I just throw any old character, uh, any old female character in front of him, and I can just slowly move up on him and and talk to him. But no, you have to. It's only Natasha. I learned that once the hard way. And then I started to experience other characters dying because uh, we have some some lower level characters. I think like I was playing around with Ross and Nimi, kind of like trying to level them up because they seemed interesting. And they kind of got hit a couple times. So the lack of the enemy movement grid being displayed at all times can be r- rather tough to unlearn. Oh, yeah. there, there was one or two times, to- at least one time where I accidentally had i don't know if it was this chapter but i accidentally had someone closer than it might have been the next chapter the 5x chapter where i had people closer than i intended to the enemies uh managed to survive through it but yeah i've had to go up and select random enemies to verify their range a couple times to make sure i didn't move the wrong person too close and yeah joshua i was sitting around trying to verify his range and then I eventually had to push it because I needed to get my characters up there to stop the um, bandits from going and destroying the villages. Hmm. Yeah, that was the other thing in this one. You get the bandits coming in, and they come in in waves. There's three sections to the map 
with three different villages that they can plunder. And the first one with a flying character, you can't miss. Uh, but the second and third get progressively tougher. And, and Joshua is technically blocking you from accessing both the second and the third because he will come at you. He's got a killing edge and he took out a couple of my characters I, as well. I encountered that killing edge. I um, moved my knight, uh, what is it, Willem or Gilliam? Gilliam or Gilliam? Yeah, I think it's Gilliam or Gilliam. And moved him up to take the hit from Joshua, and Joshua critted and killed him. Mm-hmm. So that led to my one reset for the map. Yeah, I reset a couple times, and it was... The way I'm playing it on the 3DS, you have to, like, close out of the app to... Sorry, you don't have to. You have to just, like, ex- suspend and then restart. But I was like, it's you can't use the tried and true 3DS button prompt to just reset the whole software, uh, which is technically oh, well, the fastest way. Well, with the, uh, the Wii U, if I don't... I don't know exactly what I need to do to properly reset the game. Like one time I tried to after uh, he got after Gilliam got killed when I tried to reset it, it like oh restoring suspended point suspend suspend point, and it brought me right back. I managed to find a way to shut it down afterwards and restart it and restart the chapter. But you know the first time I tried to reset it, it was like no no suspended it for you. Here we are right where you left off, <laughs> right where your character died. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I did eventually get to it. Like I finished it up, but, um, similar to the last chapter, I didn't realize this at the time. I recognized Tethys, uh, but I didn't recognize yes. Amelia, but you see two future recruits or possible recruits. I don't know for sure. Um, but they're in the villages that, and they give you items. And if you get all the, if you visit all the villagers and, and save each village, uh, you do get a special item at the end, which is supposedly a, a progression item. It's used to kind of upgrade one of your classes. Ah, yes, the guiding ring. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I hit, that it was because I successfully got to all four of the villages. Yeah, it's yeah. I looked at it and it was a worthy. I think guess mage or monk. I think it said or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yep, that's a one of the various level up items. Yeah, so it was really neat to kind of see it start to, you know, introduce these other mechanics. Obviously, not every, just the bandits will go after the villages. There's obviously enemy heroes or enemy units throughout the map, but they won't touch the villages. It's only the bandits that kind of like beeline for it. So I thought that was kind of funny that like this is before Fire Emblem had like multiple army enemies, like... I don't think I, I remember seeing, you know, different armies that would interact with each other until maybe three houses when you had kind of multiple factions going at once. Um, but but in this, like the bandits and the enemies, this being an early GBA game, the bandits and the enemies, they, they don't see each other. They're just one glob of enemies. They don't fight each other. But you'd think like if bandits were coming in and, and ravaging this, these villages that are under the protection of these Grado heroes... You'd think they wouldn't let the bandits, because this is at the point where we are at a, we are at a Grado town, right? Uh, or at least on the on uh, the, the the border. Yeah, it's on the border between Grado and Renee. I don't know which country it's technically a part of. Uh, as for the enemies, whether you know they would help or not, I think that could be argued. I mean, it's probably technical limitations, 
I think there might have been some Fates or Awakening maps where you had three armies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more than once, we've had armies with allied units that aren't under your control, but a separate phase. That's um, true, but, yeah. Uh, I think we in the past, there have been some times, but not many. This It might have been a technical limitation of the GBA where they couldn't have three armies at a time. Uh, but... I think also you could argue that the fact that the um, greater troops don't care that the bandits are coming in to ruin the villages is just showing how ruthless and not caring for the actual people Grado is. You know, mm-hmm. you, you could explain it away, but yeah, it is kind of interesting that you know the they just ignore these bandits that are walking up and attacking the towns they're protecting. Yeah. I think it was probably just a technical limitation at the time, or basically they this they wanted to showcase the Grado as like totally nonchalant about this. They don't care, so they just let the bandits come in. Yeah. I mean, there could be a bunch of ways to kind of explain it away. It didn't really bother me. It was just kind of like, oh, man, guys, like, come on. There's clearly a bunch of acts. Uh, and you ever notice how all bandits have axes in early Fire Emblem games? What's up with that? That's some real axe hate, you know? Uh, I think technically, I I don't know if it's bandit class, but there's a bandit light class in three houses. That's an axe class. Yeah. Why that class is a brigand, I think it is. Brigand. More or less a bandit. Pirate, basically. Another way of saying pirate or, you know, bandit. Why all bandits use axes? Maybe it's an easier thing to get hold of than a lance or a sword. You know, you're out there chopping wood, and then you just use that axe to chop people. <laughs> I don't know. Limited resources. I'm also a lumberjack, and now I'm a bandit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? But as we do finish out Chapter 5, uh, we find out the warning that uh, Natasha was labeled a traitor for is that the Emperor has changed and is trying to destroy the state sacred stones one by one. Uh, after, so we get kind of more sorry that you know we don't know why the emperor suddenly changed from the peaceful friend of renee to suddenly hunting everyone down to try and destroy the sacred stones but we get confirmation that that's what's going on and after that we jump to a side chapter in chapter 5x mm-hmm. yeah so we get into 5x we meet ephraim for the first time as Volter and his men have a plan to capture ephraim Yet Ephraim invades Valter's castle, successfully capturing it, only to find Valter waiting outside as he leaves. We leave Ephraim and his two cavaliers making a break for it, trying to escape Valter. So this is, I guess, what would be the equivalent of like a paralogue, in the sense that we're like jumping to a different point of view of the story, or maybe not a paralogue. It's it's a it's a it's a side chapter, yeah. but we'll, that will probably just help us explain. A little more about what Ephraim's going through until we get to that side of the story. Yeah, it's an interesting change in the formula. Usually a paralogue or an X chapter is either like in Shadow Dragon where it's if you don't have enough units it gives you a new unit or it's a story that you encountered during your um you know, during the previous chapter that explains to you that, you know, fo- follows on a thread you have the potential to find in that chapter 
Uh, but this one is a mandatory chapter showing us Ephraim and introducing at least two of his army, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Possibly three. But... Th- yeah, there's some, there's some maybe story hints that one of them might be a traitor. Uh, yeah, like early on, it starts with a chat between Walter and the guy he left in charge of this castle. And I think it was Renick. Oh, no, maybe Renick's the character with Dozla. But it's um, Walter talking to the guy he left in charge of this castle who's been trying to hunt down Ephraim. And he insinuates that he has a guy on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the chapter, only two of the three guys you were fighting with are with you. Um, also, I think I saw in a random video I was watching an indication of uh, why the third person betrays you. If that is the actual person who betrays you. But, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. So is that like a video of like essentially a future chapter? Or? Um, I think it was... A video of someone reviewing Cinder Shadows after playing with it, playing it, and talking about how Cinder Shadows hand or how um, Sacred Stones handled something better than Cinder Shadows does. Oh, and I that see. Guy is a, and that guy's opinion. Oh, okay. And so yeah. I may have spoiled Cinder Shadows for the few people who know if I'm right about who the traitor is and why they're betraying you, I may have spoiled Cinder Shadows to a degree, but I don't want to say any more for risk of spoiling one or both if I am right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to leave it there. Um, That's good. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) uh, essentially, like I I look at this chapter and uh, and I was excited by the fact that you got to play Ephraim's side of it and also excited that this was uh, not necessarily a straightforward map, but one that required you to kind of plan your, your attack. There were a lot of corridors. So enemies were well spaced out. I, I think it was very tough for you to kind of like put someone in harm's way, but there was no healer. So you had to use your items to kind of keep on top of things, which is more than you can say for yeah. what we've already played. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you have healers with you and what we've already played after the second chapter. So chapters three, four, and five, you had a healer with you. Um, in this, yeah, you have no healer. I uh, have, uh, you can sort of cheese things in the way that you can kind of always cheese things in Fire Emblem games. Mm-hmm. You know, with the mystical ability to throw an at, throw a javelin through a solid wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had... Huh? Oh, I was just going to say, that's an Olympic sport. The ability to throw yes. a javelin through a wall. I think that is javelin, just is it like not? Just like the ability to shoot an arrow or um, cast a spell through that same solid wall with no holes before or after you do the attack. I mean, like, we can give magic a pass, right? Sort of. <laughs> except most magic, you actually need to see what you're attacking to hit it. I mean, if you... Yeah... I guess. But, I mean, if you can conjure a fireball, right. don't you think you can, like, at least sense somebody behind a wall? How are you going to know they're a villain, though? Unless uh, you can see who they are. But you're you're just standing there being being a guard, and suddenly, you know, your friend 
is in the next room over, grabbing a bite to eat, walks too close to the wall, and you just fried your friend. Uh, I mean, sure. I, I guess I guess we could just solve it in the way that is the most logical. All the um, walls in every castle in this world stop at about you know six feet. Yeah, it's like a so privacy wall. Spells and throw items over them. Yeah, it's like a there, stall. There's nothing supporting the next floor. Yeah, it's just it's just hovering another four feet above the wall magic i I think it's magic it's all magic really um so i mean i didn't really have much of an issue with this chapter uh obviously we're not going to get a conclusion and don't get me wrong that's not an actual issue i'm just joking about the (laughs) fact that you can attack over a wall we're just chatting uh i i i like this chapter i thought it was a decent break it was fairly quick um i'm glad we were able to include it because it kind of feels like definitely like an extra bit um, not very much of a huge chapter, but it gives you a, a first-hand account update on what's happening to Ephraim. Maybe not at that exact time, but at least somewhere in there. And theoretically, allows you get a bit of experience for Ephraim and the, the units that you use in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. I thought that was really so. good. All right, man. Well, let's call it there. Uh, Sacred Stones will be back in a couple weeks, and we're going to be playing to Chapter 7. As far as I know, 5X was the only side chapter, Uh, so no more surprises there. It did kind of catch both of us off guard. Side chapter in the entire game, or at least for a while? I think in the entire game. Okay. Let me, wait, let me double check. No paralogs in here. There is no more X chapter, no paralogs when i can see but there are differing routes which we will we have yet to decide how that's going to work but we have to decide pretty soon because essentially we're going to get to chapter seven and then uh chapter eight is the last chapter before the 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 divergence so we're gonna have to so do we want to just go ahead and try and get to chapter eight or do we want to hold on to chapter seven and see how long those chapters are before we decide to go into chapter eight. uh i don't know yeah i don't know that's a good question um because i mean i would think we'd want to uh discuss what we did together and then decide who's going to do which route yeah because again effectively when we get to chapter not get to the different routes for chapter 9 through 14 we're going to be discussing two very different chapters so we're probably going to go one chapter a week because it'll essentially be the two of us discussing different content. Um, yeah. Anyways, we'll figure it out because I think that you're right that we have to we have to make some decisions. But at the very least, we're going to aim for seven, maybe eight. And then that gives us a clean break to go into the different routes. And we'll start talking about that. But if you're enjoying Sacred Stones with us, please let us know. Go over to our Discord in the Fire Emblem channel, Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can visit us on the web, gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord. I already said this at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. This is a script. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.